Welcome back to episode 10 of 162, Hitting Double Digits. On this episode, we are joined by Jack Fritz, co-host of the High Hopes podcast, in addition to being the on-air and in-game producer for Sports Radio WIP in Philadelphia. That's where Phillies games are broadcasted. Jack and I talk about how he got into baseball, who is good in the NL East, and a bunch of pitching stuff. Pavetta, Cole Irvin, Vinny Velo, Spencer Howard, all of it. If you're a Phillies fan, you'll definitely enjoy listening to us to go deep in some of our misery over the past several seasons. And if you're not a Phillies fan, you'll probably enjoy hate listening to us uh, whine about our bad fortune. Either way, here we go. All right, we've got Jack Fritz with us here on this episode of 162. Jack is the afternoon producer on Sports Radio WIP in Philadelphia, the legendary radio station I grew up listening to. Uh, he's an in-game producer for the Phillies games, and probably most importantly, Jack, you'll have to chime in on this, but is the co-host alongside one James Seltzer for the beloved High Hopes pod. Jack, thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, talk about baseball. There's nothing better in the entire world than talking baseball, so. Appreciate you fitting this in. So um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. Speaking yeah. of kind of loving baseball, talking about baseball, we always ask all of our guests, uh, and I know you have maybe not a love-hate relationship with the sport, although our team, you know, taints that at times. But uh, but how did you first come to love baseball and, and develop a relationship with it? Yeah, so um, obviously I loved it my whole life. Um, but I would say, like, it was mostly my granddad. Um, he – like loved baseball like ted williams is a favorite player and like he'd have all his memorabilia and stuff in his in his house um like he he has old catcher's mitt like the old old ones where like you couldn't fully squeeze it um <laughs> so i just remember that and um so i was like oh well his granddad loves it like i'll play it and um so it was like my nine-year-old year and i just remember my first game like they put me in there to pitch and uh and like i was i was really good and mm-hmm. and then i remember he came up to me after the game and he was like i didn't know that was you like i didn't know you could do it i didn't know you could do that so you know it just turned into a whole thing um between me and him just always talking baseball he loved the phillies um i remember when charlie Manuel was hired and again i was like a kid so like i didn't fully get it but like I was like, ah, this guy's an idiot. And, and and he's like, he's like, no, he's gonna be good. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about, old man. Like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and he ended up being the best manager in team history. So I guess he got that one right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just uh grew up playing it. Luckily, I grew up during a time when the Phillies were competitive and good and like, dude, like tell me. I, I love Tommy. Um, I love Billy Wagner, even though <laughs> He got booed and couldn't handle it, yeah. um, even though it's like the most sarcastic boo ever. Um, but yeah, so then obviously I played my whole life. I played up until uh, I played two years in college, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it's just been a lifelong thing for me. And now I'm lucky enough to to kind of create a little bit of a following here and and kind of talk about them for for a, for a job. Yeah, it's cool. And 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 Charlie and your granddad, all of that stuff. I feel like. Um, a lot of people in our, I don't know, you know, I think we're probably similar ages, but uh, I love Boa. So right. I'm really sad to see him go. 
and then Charlie was kind of this slower guy and you know I didn't know I didn't know how it would fit and obviously uh, it worked out perfectly so um it is funny it is funny that the two managers slash coaches that like the city all kind of thought were dumb and Charlie and Doug ended up being the the guys that bring championships here so uh what do we know you know what what do we know portends well for rock paper scissors in uh in Novacare right now hopefully. yeah i mean i don't know man <laughs> I, I don't i don't know i don't know well listen um that, that, thanks for sharing that so let's i want to talk more about some philly specific things but before we do i kind of want to zoom out and just hear your thoughts were what a quarter into the season maybe not even i mean a month and, and some change um specifically with the nl east obviously that's where we you know pay most attention to what like what's your take what what do you think who's good is anybody good um and i i might have missed it but who did you pick to to win the division to begin with uh i thought the braves i thought i was gonna go braves phil's mets marlins nationals like i i think the nationals think but um yeah it's like it's almost like the entire division was told all off season that it's the best division in baseball and like you got to go hard from day one or else you're not going to win mm-hmm. and it's almost like the whole division is like pressing and and the mar i haven't seen the marlins like i'm sure when they come to town uh this week you know it's going to be dreadful as the phillies like lose to them again That's um <laughs> yeah so I, I just feel like the whole division's kind of kind of pressing and trying to live up to the expectations night in, night out. Because I'm sure that the managers have been pressing on, uh, you know, saying that since day one, like, hey, we got to go from day one or else we're going to fall behind and all this stuff. And, you know, I, the Braves, every time I watch them, I'm just not that impressed. Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought last year that they're – and I think, the, I think the big loss and the underrated loss of, of the offseason for them was Nick Marcakis. Mm-hmm. Like, for as good as Freeman, Acuna, Albies, Azuna are, like, they always had that one extra guy in the lineup that could, like, blow a game open. And Marcakis was always a tough out, was always a guy who I felt like they could never pitch to because he was always going to lace a ball into the gap and whatnot, and they could yeah. never strike him out. Yeah, he, he killed us. So, um, and, and losing him and now Darno's out for 60 games, you know what broke his hand today? Was, yeah, and was like pitching shockingly well. And Reed got know, removed from tonight's start, I saw just a few minutes ago. I don't know why, but it's just like everything is, it feels like the, it feels like a brave season from hell. Like yeah. Freeman's, Freeman's been so up and down. Um, obviously, Acuna has been amazing, but he's, you know, miss, missed a lot of games. Um, and then the Mets, you know, the Mets were always too talented to kind of stay down. Um, and maybe that stupid rat raccoon thing, like really, really got them going. I I don't, I don't know if it it did. Um, but yeah, I just think the whole division is kind of pressing right now. And, um, the nationals were always a team I didn't believe in. I feel like they were too old. I feel like they were kind of cooked and, you know, I think Rendon was obviously a huge, um, huge, huge loss for them. And I don't think they've, Totally recovered. Yeah, I picked the Braves as well, uh, but I'm beginning to lose. I, I thought it initially. I thought the Braves were having a situation like they had, I guess, two seasons ago, 2019, where they kind of started playing, started off playing a little slow, playing possum. The Phillies were actually in first till like midway through June, yeah. and, and then the Braves kind of woke up. I don't know if they'll be able to do that this time. I mean, they have reinforcements in theory, but Soroka's, you know, now getting another surgery. 
uh, Inoa's going out. So yeah, I'm not sure what's going to go with them. The to your point about pressing, I feel like the the raccoon rat situation has happened. Like they had that. You know, you have Girardi yesterday uh, chewing out um, uh, Segura. Segura, yeah. Um, so you know, I, I think it is kind of happening throughout. I think it's a good point that that er- these guys all came in ready to. You know, we all need to, to stake out our territory. The Phillies, especially, you know, can't start slow because we, mm-hmm. we don't have the young talent coming up necessarily. So, yeah, um, I, and I'm with you. I'm with you on the Braves. Like, I don't think they have the firepower this year to. Like everyone's like, oh, the Braves are going to go on a run. It's like, with what? I mean, like even when the Phillies lost two or three, it was like it was it was Acuna. I forget who was in the two hole, but then it was Freeman, Albies, Ozuna, and then after that, it was like uh, I guess Austin Riley, who I still think stinks. I like, and Dansby Swanson like only hits against the Phillies, so right. like. So yeah. like he's 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 a wash, but like I, I saw the lineup and I was like, after five, like they're not they're not nothing special. No. Like they, they they just they don't have the firepower that they've had in years past. The bullpens, I don't know, like you're, you're banking on Tyler Matzik being like a, a yeah. major reliever for you. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna get some, I'm gonna get some fierce hate about this because I, I already get uh, uh, hate about Braves talk, but it's just it's just 100 true. Also, no one really talks about it, but they they definitely miss Melon Melanson or Melon. However, you say the the uh, oh, Melanson. Melanson. That was a huge loss for them under the radar. They just kind of let that go, and now they signed Shane Green. Like he's gonna do. You know, I I agree with you. I don't I don't think it's there uh, for them this year. The Mets, we'll see, but um, but it is a, a weird start to the season. Um, all right, moving to some some Philly stuff and specifically some pitching stuff because I know that's really what you care about. Shout out two years of eligibility still remaining. Who knows? We could pull up at some point. Like, you know, it, it could happen. If um, Tebow can do it, I can do it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, maybe Tebow needs to do it for us. But um, <clears throat> so a few things. Let's start off on a good note. I would say Pavetta. You were right. I feel like a lot of people probably gave you a lot of, a lot of hate. Uh, yeah. Me included. I, I feel like I slid into the replies a couple times because – of his attitude and things like that. But what are you seeing from him? It's got to feel, it's got to feel good watching him pitch this year. Uh, you know, what's funny is like when I watch him, I'm like, eh, this is going to last. Like, yeah. and maybe, maybe he's pitching better recently, but, uh, cause I, I, I watched like religiously the first four starts and like he was doing well, but it was like a lot of walks and yeah. still only got five innings. And like, I was like, I, I don't know. Um, I, the slider has been a game changer for him. Like he didn't have this pitch last year. Like, he was still there the last year, the years past, but right. he was more like a curveball, um, you know, fastball guy. Changeup obviously was just brutal and drove me crazy. But the the slider is legitimately disgusting. He's been he's been he's been spotting it uh, to both sides of the plate, and um, it's it's just been a, it's been a game changer for him. He's not using the curveball as much. He's been you know kind of fastball slider playing yeah. off each other, and he's been good. He's been good. I mean he. It's not like dominant, dominant. Um, you know, I think I think Hyam got a little worked up when he was talking about him being the next class now. Um, <laughs> also talking about himself being the next. Uh, no, that was Degrom comparing himself. Oh yeah, yes, yes. You love to well, see. That. I mean, listen, that's the mindset. Sometimes you gotta have. So whatever. I, I didn't see the. I didn't see the whole you know work up over that. Um, yeah. But yes, it does feel good being dead right about Pavetta. Um, I, I I tell you what though, man. 
people don't forget. I mm. mean, I got just destroyed for like two years and it was exhausting. It was freaking, I was so glad when he was traded just so I didn't have to deal with it anymore. Like him going yeah. elsewhere and succeeding was like a perfect scenario for me. Right. Um, and he's doing it. So it's great. Um, but, but we had some moments there. You mean he was with us, you mean? Well, well, no, it was the Phillies. It was it was just dreadful because people would just be like every like every time he allowed a run, he'd be like people would just be flooding my mentions. Oh. You're an idiot. Way to go. He did it again. Like he sucks. It's like oh, okay. Like I get it. Like the the, the, the funniest the, the funniest moment to me was last year against the Mets. I want to say they were up like thirteen to two in the ninth, and he came in and he made like a thirteen to eight game. <laughs> And I tweeted, uh, I tweeted, he held the lead. And I remember this. <laughs> everyone just melted down. <laughs> Absolutely melted down. Um, so listen, sometimes you just got to power through. And when yeah. you see a good opportunity to fire off a tweet like that, you got to power through, accept yeah. the replies, and just go for it. So, yeah. Well, you've definitely um, you've leaned into it. That I guess your art of the take pot has trained you. I saw your your bad Philly athletes tweet today at some <laughs> number nine slid in there, which was was wild. But um, yeah, it's like it's like sometimes I wish people would just appreciated a good joke. Like <laughs> I mean, like I hate I've hated Foles forever, and like I know what he did. I get it. I just feel like he created like. This this idea that he was some great quarterback and he's just not he's not that good of a quarterback I'm sorry but um, but it's he, just so he had a magical run but he's he's a third string quarterback on the yeah day. yeah and and but people are still convinced like oh gotta yeah. bring back Foles so it's just you know sometimes I like like poking him all right so I'm giving you props on Pavetta but then I have to ask you about another former Philly oh um, no yeah Southpaw doing it you know. I know. What do you what do you see? Let me, okay, let me just ask you this because I know what you're going to say. Probably, maybe he doesn't because his stuff isn't like I'm not sure how he's doing this. Really, Cole Irvin is who I'm talking about. If I haven't said his name, um, but is it just like Moneyball magic, or, or like how is he so effective in Oakland? Where I mean, he didn't even really ever lock down a fifth position in Philly. Um, but it's clear right now, like you take him no doubt over Chase Anderson or, or the field, whoever's whoever's in our fifth spot. So, uh, what are you what are you seeing from him? Um, well, his fastball velo jumped. I mean, like last year he was eighty nine to ninety one, and this year he's been ninety four. And it's just so funny because when Cole Irvin was coming through the system, everyone was rightfully saying like, "You need to throw harder. You need to throw harder. You need to figure out how to strike guys out." He was like, "No, I'm gonna just get guys out with pitching to contact." Right. Like, Sweet idea, man. Great. Um, but yeah, so then this year he's throwing harder, but he hasn't. He's increased his velo without losing his command. He always had great command, and that was the, the calling card of him and all that stuff. Right. So. Um, yeah, I mean, like it, it, it's just it just it, the the Cole Irvin thing annoys me because he was here when the velo jump happened, and they didn't think to say, "Oh, you're throwing 94 now. Let's mm-hmm. let's give you a shot right. instead of trading you for cash." You know, I mean, like so be it that the fans think he sucks. Like I was one of those people. Like Cole Irvin was not a major league pitcher. Yeah, yeah. he he just wasn't. Um, but you have to get past that and you have to objectively look at a guy with 
you know, uh, whose stuff is clearly increasing. I mean, 94 is nothing to sneeze at when he can spot it wherever he wants. So, um, yeah, he's basically, he's basically increased all of his stuff without sacrificing the command. And I think that's been a, a major win for him. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It didn't happen here. It's frustrating because it doesn't feel like that really happens for anyone here recently. In this yeah. No one makes that jump. Like, like guys struggle, they go elsewhere maybe. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely struggle from a, or, uh, frustrating from a development standpoint. How much do you blame Arietta for Cole Urban's uh, pitching to contact mindset? <laughs> the blame or just... I mean, Arietta's another one who's like, I can't... <laughs> he was so frustrating here. Um, <laughs> like just, he was just, yeah. Yeah, not not a fan, not a fan. But um, yeah, I don't think I don't think Jake Arrieta was exactly a uh, great influence on the roster. Yeah, um, I but... just I knew your your opinion on him, and it does seem like some of that with him gone. I mean, at least guys are throwing hard this year. It feels well. Like listen, I, th- I I genuinely believe that Caleb Cotham is is fantastic at his job, and you know Velasquez has been good this year. You start to see him start to use more of a three pitch mix, which he's always been a fastball guy. Um, whenever he gets down or behind in the game, but he's actually using his other pitches this year, which is great. Um, Wheeler's been good. Eflin's been good. Noah's struggled on the road and whatever. Right. But um, I, I, I think I think Coughlin's been great. And everything, every single time he comes out to the mound, it feels like something good happens the second after. So I think that's a good sign. Um, but do you see him locking down? Like, is, like, is he just good? Is he just do, making the doing it now for the first time? Well, I don't know if we can go that far. I, I would, I would love to be like, yeah, all in. But we've He's seen in your far. Twitter bio. Ah, well, listen, we don't want to, we don't want to ruin his career. We don't want to, we don't want to, you know, we're we're in a good spot with Vinny Velo. We don't want to ruin it. But um, you know, with him, if he can keep doing this and he can keep sticking to the game plan and and not just reverting back to trying to blow fastballs by people when he's either down a count or down a, down a start. Like, like with Vinny, with Vinny, he needs his off-speed pitches to be located and, and strikes so that his fastball looks better. Mm-hmm. Um, because if he's not getting those pitches over for strikes, then people are just going to either wait for his fastball or spit on everything that's not in the zone. Right. And work walks and he'll nibble and all that stuff. But right now, you know, when he gets behind 2-1 account, he can flip over his slider. Um, when it's two, two, you can mix in a change up then go fastball up and it just, it's hard to square up. So, um, it's a good plan. It's just like, he, he's never stuck the plans in the past. And I hope that this year he does because it's working well for him because the, the, the curveball sliders change ups off of the fastball are making his fastball look better. And it's just better pitch sequencing. And, um, I just, I hope he sticks to it because if he doesn't, we'll be right back where, where we've always been with Vinny Velo. Right, right. If if it's not him, and or even if he continues, I could see, uh, you know, with with what they seem to be doing with Spencer Howard, um, it seems like it's gonna. They're trying to groom him to get into that spot. What did you think of their plan with him coming into the season? Um, it seemed, I don't know. I, I was surprised he wasn't a starter to begin with, and now all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're struggling, and so let's stretch him out. Um, you know, what do you think of that just, just coming into the season? Well, I do think it's unbelievable that they are uh, not wanting to start their number one pitching prospect because of Matt Moore yeah. and Chase Anderson. So 
seems like flawed logic. Um, when you said Matt Moore, I thought it's not Matt Moore, it's Drew Smiley because they are one of yes. the same to me. But yes. except Smiley, except Smiley got like eleven million from the Braves, which is right. ridiculous. <laughs> um, um, people said it was Cliff Lee. Yes, yes, yes. It <laughs> was like Gabe, Gabe, relax. Um, but with Spencer, you know, the whole. So apparently, his problem is that he doesn't like to come into innings that aren't clean. Right. And it's like if you're if you're gonna have a guy be your fireman, which is basically come in in the sixth, seventh, eighth, and put out fires, then he needs to be able to come in and and, and into not clean innings and get the job done. Yeah. And the tipping point for this was that game in Colorado, where instead of Spencer Howard coming in to face Trevor Story, it was David Hale. <laughs> Who is the worst? So <laughs> flag the new yeah. Brad Workman. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like what the hell are we like? What are we doing here? Why why is this David Hale and not Spencer Howard? And then we figure out after the game, Girardi was like, "Yeah, isn't like coming into to not clean innings." And they're like, "Oh, guess we should have figured that out earlier." So we'll send him down and make him a starter. It's like, what's the plan here? You gonna ask the guy if he can do it or not? Then then whatever. So. I guess this is the next best option is having him just give him four innings and say, great. Um, do I like that from our number one pitching prospect that's 24 years old? No. Um, but I guess that's the best case scenario at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, it's weird because he didn't, he wasn't great last year. I think everybody saw that, but he, he showed enough stuff to where it felt like he could, he could take a step this year. And then the weirdness that we we don't hardly seen him really, um, combined with the ambiguity that is the back of the rotation, just feels like there was there was maybe it's the new you know the new uh, regime coming in or whatever, but it, it seems like some some lines got crossed. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens. He's supposed to be you know stretching out. He's made a couple of starts. He's he should be coming up pretty soon, right? Well, he's been on the same line as Chase Anderson. Um, so they've been starting on the same day as the last two weeks. So maybe. Um, but, it, you know, what do you do with Chase Anderson? Are you paying him and Matt Moore $7 million to be mop-up guys? You know? Years. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. If, if the best case scenario is Spencer Howard comes up and is, like, pitching like a number one pitching prospect should. So, like, it, Vinny Velo and him are – probably the two best options right now and well this there's it's better than freaking you know wasting time with 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 more and more and anderson no I totally agree i mean i think though saying that out loud um kind of leads into my i have two more questions for you this next one i'm not feeling great about after that but knowing that uh that you know an unsure howard and velo are your are your best options where do you put the phillies playoff chances or kind of how are you thinking about that um, cause the last question is going to be about deadline aspirations, but I think how they're viewing themselves in this season is going to impact that. So, so where do you see that? Yeah. You know, it's so hard. I guess I, I guess I don't know how to feel about them from this standpoint. Like how I personally think about them is I think about them a lot. Like I thought about the 2018 and 2019 teams that yeah. were in first place for a lot of the year. And it's like, yeah, they're in first place, but they're definitely not that good. Right. Um, but like, there's there's two camps you can be in: that camp or the camp where you're looking at the thing holistically and say, "Hey, 
Uh, they're 21 and 20. They're what a game, game and a half out of first place. Um, do you have some guys in the, in the lineup that have not lived up to expectations so far? You expect them to kind of figure it out, trust the back of the baseball card, all that stuff. You have Archie Bradley coming back to the bullpen. He's a good bullpen addition. He was supposed to be major piece heading into the season. Um, maybe that kind of writes the ship there. And, and if you have the one through three, one through three of Eflin Wheeler and Nola, that's pretty good. Um, and then whatever Spencer Howard is, if Velasquez can pick it up, like, sure, you could look at it from that side, but, but I just feel more like the, this is a flawed first place team, second place team, one game or 500 team. Could they win 84, 85 games? Yeah. I, and if they, if they finish 500 again, it's like, what are we doing here? They're, they're far too talented to be finishing 500. Um, but I think 84 to 86 is, is right about where I think they're going to be at the end of the year. Yeah. So then with that being said, uh, aside from potentially making Andrew Napier everyday catcher, what do you see as moves that they can do to, to boost their odds? Man, people are so <laughs> people, people really like take the nappy thing. Very, very, uh, not personally. It's just so funny that that's now my thing is that like <laughs> nappies, like now my thing is I love Andrew Knapp. Um, Which I mean, you you didn't, or I don't know what you'd say. I, he wasn't your favorite. I would say, right. I used to, I used to really dislike him, but he, I, I have come around him and he calls a great game. He, like, yeah. like I think he calls a better game than JT. And right. I, uh, he, team ERA is like two, eight, four with him as the catcher. I think that says something, but, um, but, uh, yeah, like honestly, my dream, my dream deadline acquisitions are Kikuchi and Hanniger from the, from the Mariners. Um, like just talk about, you know, fixing two positions with what, I mean, you get a legit four starter in Kikuchi and, and you have Hanniger is leading baseball and home runs right now. Now, do the Mariners do it? I have no idea. Um, I mean, I think if you ask them before the season, you know, if they could shed the the money that those two guys are owed, because they're probably not winning the AL, AL West, I, I I get it. Um, but you know, they probably won't do that at this point because they're they're in it, and Hanniger's leading Major League Baseball on home runs, which good for him, mm-hmm. helping my fantasy team. And uh, I've always loved Mitch Hanniger, and I've wanted the Phillies to get him forever. Um, so it's it's good to see. But if I could have a dream a dream trade, that would be it. Go over the luxury tax and. And all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird because the the a lot of the teams that I feel like could be sell. Like for instance, um, I think Scalfani's on the last year of his deal. The Giants have a, a bunch of guys like that. The Cubs. Yeah. Um, but oh, oh, we're gonna trade for uh, Marisnik and Arietta. How's that sound? <laughs> no, that'd be terrible. Oh man, Jake. Uh, he he might get flipped for something, but I hope it's not to us. But um, but the problem with both those teams and, and a bunch of others is like everyone's kind of treading water right now. Nobody feels yeah. like they're, you know, the West is who knows what's going on in the West. Who knows what's going on in the Central? So I think it's going to be it's going to be kind of difficult. I am excited to see. We had a um, um, one of the Red Sox minor league guys on a couple of weeks ago. He, he was with the organization when Nebraska was there the first, you know, for a while. And they were obviously very active always when when Dombrowski was there. So could be could be some fireworks to to see. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting too excited at this point. 
Yeah, and it's a it's a shame because it feels like it feels like we're gonna get a if we don't we don't kind of trade deadline and yeah, yeah let's bring in Wilson Ramos and the Strubel Cabrera and you know see what happens. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. It'd be nice if this team and and hey maybe the Segura Girardi thing sparks them and they go on a bit of a run and yeah, you hope so. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of games to be played. There's a lot of season left, and and I just. I just want to feel a sense of hope with this team and not just the same old, same old. Yeah. My thing is I get obviously way too, I mean, I'm, I'm still wearing 11s stuff. Chase is sitting here. Like I, it, it becomes too personal for me. And so like, I feel very, very empathetic about Bryce and like, I, I just don't want to waste another one of his years. You know, I felt that way back in the day too, with, with Chase and Jimmy and those guys before. Oh wait. Um, and it feels like we're going to waste another one of his years, but hopefully, uh, hopefully something will turn out. We'll see. What, what happens yeah. Well, and, and given the season him and JT are having, it's like, Oh, our two best players are having two of their best offensive seasons. Let's, right. let's, you know, step up around them and everyone's just not yeah. at all. So yeah. yeah besides, yeah. besides Mickey mates on the most clutch Nick in Philly sports history. <laughs> there it is. Uh, all right. Listen, uh, thank you so much, Jack, for, uh, for coming on. Thanks for doing this after, after everything else that you've done today, we do a, a bit at the end, three strikes and we're out. Um, and so being, having co-host of the art of the take pod in your bio, um, I'm going to make you just create at least one of the strikes. What's something that is, um, probably an irresponsible take from you, but, um, but something that the listeners can, can hold on to as we say bye. Oh man. Um, we feel he's related. Yeah, I know. This is a, uh, this is a loaded question. Um, uh, I think Noble's the third best starter on this team. Okay. That's hard to hear, but probably true. Uh, I, I don't know if I totally believe that, it, but it's a, it's enough to, you can make the case that he's the third best starter. In the team. Yeah. Yeah, behind, you... behind 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 Vinny and Eflin, of course. Okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So sad. Behind uh, behind Vinny, <laughs> we had uh, Matt Gelbon as well, and he made the case for Noel being an ace. That was prior to his last two or three starts. So um, I'm not sure what he would say. What a, what a contrast! What a what a turn of events, and you know. His big thing was, I said, what, what does he have to be, uh, what does he have to do in order to become cemented as the ace? And Matt's thing was win, be a winner, <laughs> uh, have a winning record, get us to the playoffs, all those things. So far, he's not not holding up that end of the bargain. So, Listen, man, you can't have a five-plus year on the road. Like, and, like, you know, whether he's an ace, whether he's not an ace, like, right. he's uh, he should be the best pitcher on the staff. And you can't consistently have the five ERAs in the road. Like that's just, that's not, not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, listen, Jack, uh, it, it felt slightly depressing, but it was all fun. Like there was some, you know, there was some tongue in cheek in there, stuff in there. Um, hopefully people uh, will be able to, to see past our Negadelphian bias, but I uh, appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you talking to sharing with us about um, your story with baseball and uh, for everyone. Uh, well, obviously, Go listen to High Hopes Pod, but where else uh, should people check out what you're what you're working on? Well, listen, Marks and Reese, two to six every day on WIP. We have a lot of fun. It's a very fun radio show. Um, 
obviously high hopes. And I don't know if we're going to bring back our take. It's been a little while um, with, with yeah. our schedules. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You know, just cool. wherever. I'm around. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. No problem. Good talking to you.